Well, good morning. Welcome to Arise Baptist Church. I'm so glad that you've joined us online today. And boy, as these days go on and weeks pass by, I know we just more and more want to gather together here in person, physically. And I'm thankful, though, by means of technology, we can gather today online as best as we're able. And I hope that you're able to enjoy the service today, and it'll be a challenge to your heart. We've just sung some wonderful songs together this morning, and we're going to take some time to look into God's Word together this morning as well. Uh, and I want to uh, do something a little bit different today. I had a request from several who uh, said they would love to have a little portion of this in Spanish. So I'm going to do my best uh, this morning to give just a brief uh, part of this in Spanish at the beginning, and then I'll preach the rest of the message in English. But thought this might be a wonderful help to some and an encouragement to those uh, in, in our church and elsewhere, friends and family, uh, to be able to have something in Spanish for you. But before we get to that, let's go to the Lord in prayer, ask God to bless our service this morning, and to work in our hearts, whether you're here uh, with me, a handful of folks here to help me run it, under 10 people, but, uh, or you're at home, wherever you're at this morning, let's take some time to bow our heads and go before our Creator and our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father, we thank You for this day. There's a lot in this day that we may struggle to enjoy or to find beneficial to us. And yet you've told us in your word that all things work together for good. To those who know, who know you and to those who are the called according to your purpose. Lord, I pray as we take some time now to look into your word, that you would quiet our hearts, free our minds of distraction, as there can be many for those at home or those out and about. Lord, it is difficult for us to just focus on this time at hand, but I pray that you would work in our hearts today. Lord, be with those who are sick today. We have people obviously around our country, around our world that are suffering from this virus. Lord, but we even have some in our own church who, while they don't have this virus, they have other diseases, they have other sicknesses, they have other health concerns, and I pray that you'd strengthen their bodies today. Lord, keep us all safe and help us as we go forward, Lord, to walk by faith, not by sight. Even though there may be more difficult days ahead and we don't know what's going to happen, Lord, but we do know that we can trust in you. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for being our guide. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to be our comforter. And thank you that in Christ we have a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Bless all that's done now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, again, welcome. It's good to have you with us today. Bienvenidos. Voy a hablar un poco en español por ustedes. Tenemos un versículo, un pocos versículos en español y después en inglés. Uh, si puedes entender. I have some verses to share with you in Spanish and then a few in English as well this morning. And uh, I'm going to preach a message in English, but I wanted to share a brief message in Spanish with those. So we'll begin with a verse here in the book of Colossians, or Colossenses 2, 8 a 15. La Biblia dice, Mirad que nadie es os engañe por medio de filosofías y huecas sutilezas, 
según las tradiciones de, lo, de los hombres, conforme a los rudimentos del mundo y no según Cristo. Porque en él habita corporalmente toda la plenitud de la Deidad. Y vosotros estáis completos en él. Es bueno, ¿no? Estamos completos en Cristo, que es la cabeza de todo principado, principado y potestad. En él también fuisteis circuncidados con circuncisión no hecha a mano, e al echar de vosotros el cuerpo pecaminoso carnal en la circuncisión de Cristo, sepultados con él en el bautismo, en el cual fuisteis también resucitados con él, mediante la fe en el poder de Dios que le levantó de los muertos. Y a vosotros, estando muertos en pecados, y en la incircuncisión de vuestra carne, os dio vida juntamente con él, perdonando todos los pecados, anulando el acta de los decretos que había contra nosotros, que nos era contraria, quitándola, de en medio y clavándola en la cruz. Me gusta estos versículos. Y después de despojando a los principados y las potestades, los exhibió públicamente triunfando sobre ellos en la cruz. Tenemos todo en Cristo. We have everything that we need in Christ. Cristo murió por nosotros y Él puede dar misericordia por nuestros pecados si oramos a Él por salvación. We can have salvation in Christ if we will trust in Him. The Bible says, la Biblia dice, dice en Romanos 10, 9 y 10, que si confesares con tu boca que Jesús es el Señor, y creyeres en tu corazón que Dios le levantó de los muertos, serás salvo. Porque con el corazón se cree para justicia, pero con la boca se confiesa para salvación. Y tenemos en estos versículos una cosa muy importante, porque aquí en versículo 13 dice, porque todo aquel que invocare el nombre del Señor será salvo. Es posible, es posible a tener una relación personal con Jesucristo. No es de nuestras uh, palabras, es por Jesucristo. Si quieres aceptar a Cristo en su corazón, es, ahí tenemos una oración. Aquí dice, oh Dios, admito que soy un pecador 
y en el que he pecado a menudo en, en mis pensamientos, palabras y acciones. Pero la Biblia enseña que Cristo Jesús vino al mundo para salvar a los pecadores. Christ Jesus came to this world to save sinners. Y que siendo aún pecadores, Cristo murió por nosotros. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. La Biblia también enseña que si confiesas con tu boca que Jesús es el Señor y crees en tu corazón que Dios le levantó de los muertos, serás salvo. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Así pues, en este mismo momento lo confieso con mi boca que Jesús es el Señor. Y yo creo en mi corazón que Dios levantó a Jesús de hecho de entre los muertos y que Él está vivo. Por lo tanto, ahora os pido... Señor Jesucristo, que vengas a mi corazón y vivir tu vida en mí, ahora y para siempre. Y ahora, oh Dios, acabo de hacer lo que la Biblia me ha dado instrucciones, instrucciones de hacer en Romanos 10.9. En consecuencia, soy salvo ahora, salvado de todos mis pecados. Gracias, Dios. Mío y gracias, mi Señor y Salvador, Jesucristo. Amén. ¿Conoces en su corazón? Si usted es un hijo de Dios, si es posible a tener una relación con Él. Orar a Él hoy. Well, I hope you understood what I was trying to say there in Spanish. I wanted to just share a simple message of how somebody could trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. But if you're here this morning and English is your language, Spanish, you don't understand that, that's okay. I want to share with you a message from the book of Colossians. I just read some of the verses in Spanish, but I'm going to read them in English now to you. And I want to challenge us this morning, those who may not really truly know Christ as their Savior, And also a special challenge for those who do know Christ. How important it is that we have our minds and our, our thinking correct because there are all kinds of dangers and difficulties in this world. And we need to beware of those things and how to be focused on Christ to lead us and care for us. Jesus Christ truly is the reason that we can walk worthy. And I hope you'll see that in these verses. The Bible says in Colossians 2, verses 8 through 15, Beware, watch out, be careful, pay attention, beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy or vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Him, that's in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in Him. As I was reading this and studying this passage, this verse just leapt off the page at me to think about the fact, and we'll get into it a little more in the message, that we 
are complete in Him. In Christ, we have everything we need to carry on this life, but not just this life, for life eternal. And it is a blessing as a believer. It is a blessing to know as a human being who we will face death, every single one of us, whether it's now or later, all of us will face death, to know that in Christ we have everything we need. We are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality in power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised Him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together. That means He made you alive. He quickened you together with Him. It's with Christ. See, there's no life. There's no true life. There's no eternal life without Christ. There are many people today running around this world trying to live their life, trying to even save their life. And while you may hold on to this physical life a little longer, there's no true life, there's no eternal life without Christ. He's quickened us together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Notice verse 14. The Bible says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. In other words, there was a law written against us. We had failed the law. We had broken the law, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ took all of our sin when He went to the cross. I read the verse this morning that you probably all know very well. John 3.16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It in Jesus Christ, He took all of our sin, He nailed it to the cross, and the last verse here says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Boy, there's a lot in these verses. And there's so much as a challenge to the unbeliever, but an encouragement to the believer to stay faithful. So follow along with me as we try to pull this together and understand what the Bible's saying here, because it's so important for our daily life, for every single day, but especially for today, the day that we're living in right now. He begins in verse number 8, giving us a warning. He says, beware. What are we to beware of? Well, we're to beware of being spoiled. Now, I don't want to be spoiled. I know you don't want to be spoiled. Probably right now, if you're spending most of your time at home, as you should be, you're eating all the food in your fridge. But maybe as you've worked through all of that food, you finally made it to the back of the fridge, that mysterious place that is rarely seen by human eyes. That place where strange things grow and things that once looked like one kind of food now look very different and maybe not quite so appetizing. Maybe you take the lid off of something there in the back of the fridge, something that you had completely forgotten about. You had good intentions after you went out to that restaurant back when you could actually do that. 
and you brought home some extra food and you stuck it in the back in the, in the box or in the container and you put some fresh groceries in front of it and you promptly forgot about it. But now as you've eaten through your groceries, you've dug it out and there it is. You pull it out and it looks bad and it smells bad and all it's good for is to be thrown in the trash. Why? Because it has spoiled. It's been made worthless. Good for nothing. And this is his warning. He says, beware lest any man. Don't be spoiled through what some person could do to you or bring to you. And then he gets specific about how this spoiling would take place. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. These are, this is the thinking and the teaching and the ways of this world world. He calls it vain deceit. In other words, it's a lie and it's empty. There's no future in it. There's no hope for it. Just like if you had that spoiled rotten food in the back of your fridge, there's no future for it other than to be thrown out. He says, beware of this. He gets specific about these dangers here that we're to beware of. This empty thinking, this empty philosophy. It may be enticing, it may be deceptive, but it leads to vanity. This philosophy here in this verse, we see it was human. It was after the traditions of men. So this is not teaching that comes from God. This is teaching that comes from man. And there's a lot of really interesting and even really we would call it great teaching that men give us. But folks, today, if we're following teaching that is contrary to or outside of the Word of God, He's warning us, beware that we not be spoiled. This is after the tradition of men, depending on human tradition. We may try to solve life's ultimate questions through logic and man's reason. But we cannot go outside the clear teaching of God's Word. God's Word is the ultimate source of truth, not your ability to reason. Traditions can be good, right? I, I love traditions. I enjoy traditions with my family. He's not speaking against that kind of tradition. What he's saying is, if we follow after the traditions of men above Christ, this will lead to us being spoiled. Traditions that are human in origin and not from God's Word bring ruin. This speaks directly to many who would follow after scientific reason. Even though science can teach us wonderful things and the Bible is accurate in its scientific views because the Bible is always truth. Let's not elevate science over the Bible. We can't elevate religion over the Bible. Religions teach man's way of doing things. They say, well, we've taken the Bible, but now we've added some things to it. We've taken some things out from it. We've put some other things in place to be able to live by. These are the traditions of men. And this is what the Apostle Paul was warning the people there in Colossae, beware, watch out of the tradition of men. Religion is empty, tradition is empty when it doesn't follow what the Bible 
teaches. But he also says this philosophy or this, it was not only human after the traditions of men, it was elementary. It was after the rudiments of this world. These are the basic pieces of this world, the ABCs of something. This word rudiments can even refer to something that may even have supernatural power, like the elements that make up this world. And back in this day in the time of Colossae or in the Bible times here, people would worship the creation and they would worship things around them. Not too different from today, though. Even this week, saw, saw people online worshiping Mother Earth, worshiping this creation, worshiping the elements around them, calling upon those elements to somehow bring hope. Paul's warning us, beware of this kind of thing. Beware of this kind of thinking. It's dangerous, and it leads to ruin. It leads to spoil. That supernatural power, that element, if it's even real, is just rudimentary or elementary compared to Christ. But not only was this philosophy after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, but it also says very plainly, it was not after Christ. This teaching was incompatible with Christ and contrary to the work that He did on the cross. This teaching was not, it was contrary to what Christ had done for them in dying for their sin. The only way to learn of God is through His Word and through the person of Jesus Christ. To try to follow after any other tradition or any other teaching or any other philosophy that's not after Christ leads to ruin, to being spoiled. And Oh, this is a message that we need to hear for today. Because there are many people in this world that are chasing after the things of this world, hoping for happiness, hoping to find hope and peace and comfort and a cure to all that ails them in this world. And, and Paul is warning us here. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us through His Word today to say, Beware! Don't be spoiled by these things. This was not after Christ. So there's this really strong warning that he gives us. But then he backs it up with reasons for the warning. Hey, have you ever been warned about something? Like, be careful, watch out, don't do this. And then you think the whole time, but why, why did I have to keep away from that? Because it actually seemed really good. I mean, children growing up have this happen at home sometimes. Moms and dads will warn them, stay away from this, don't do this, don't do that, watch out for this. But when they get into it and try it, they say, well, this isn't actually that bad after all. Or this actually seems pretty good to me. And I think that's how a lot of people are when it comes to the traditions of men, to the rudiments of this world, to these things that are not after Christ. They are enticing. They are desirable. And they seem to be good. So why are they not good? Well, this morning, rather than telling you all the reasons why those things are not good, even though we could spend a lot of time on that, I want to follow the passage here in Colossians 2 and instead focus on why Christ is better than all those things. Because we could spend a lot of time tearing down these things and talking how bad this philosophy is and this teaching is and the dangers of it, and they are clear. He gives us a clear warning. It will spoil you. But rather than just beating on that, I want to focus instead on why Christ is better. 
You know, I think that's a better motivation, don't you, for why we do what we do. I'm married to my wife. I want to be faithful to her. Not because everybody else is so bad, but because a relationship with her that's close is far better than anything else that anyone else could offer because it's the relationship that God put me into and that God ordained and that our love for each other is much better for each other, not because we're running away from everybody else, but because we are running towards each other. Does that make sense? I want my children to do right, not because they're so afraid of the consequence of doing wrong, but because they see that doing right is the better thing. There are greater rewards. There are greater benefits to doing what is right. And here in Colossians 2, he gives us a whole list of things, verses 9 through 15, of why Christ is better than the ways of this world. And that ought to encourage us to be faithful to him. Let's look at these here, these answers to this warning that, Paul gives us, first of all, in verse 9, we see that Jesus Christ is fully God. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Him, that's in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So if you want to find a God to serve, serve Jesus, because in Him is the fullness of God. Jesus is God. What greater God could there be, not only that created this whole world, but then who came down to this earth, took on human flesh, and died in our place, but so different than many, really all other false gods. Any other false god out there, any other so-called God, is the fact that Jesus, even though He died, three days later, he rose again, and He is again. He then ascended up into heaven, and He's at the right hand of God the Father, giving intercession for us. What a blessing in Jesus Christ. He is fully God. The second thing we see in verse 10 about how Jesus is better is that Jesus is all that we need. Many religions will say, well, you need to have Jesus, but then you need to have these good works, and and you need to do this, and then you need to do that. And if you do all these things just right, if you got baptized the right way, if you take uh, communion the right way, if you, when you die, make sure you've confessed all your sins just the right way, if you've gone on these journeys, if you paid this money, if you've done this, if you've made sure not to do that, then you'll be okay. No, what he says here, though, that Jesus Christ is all that we need. Look at verse 10. And ye are complete in Him. Jesus Christ plus nothing. We're complete in Him. It's not Jesus Christ plus our good works. It's not Jesus Christ plus I was a really good person. It's not Jesus Christ plus who my parents were. It's not Jesus Christ plus how many times I went to church. It's not Jesus Christ plus I hope my good works outweigh my bad works. It's Jesus Christ plus nothing is eternal life. We are complete in Him. And what a great motivation to live for Christ and not after the ways of this world. The ways of the world will spoil you, yes, but living for Christ is far better because you can chase after the ways of this world and you'll always need more and more and more. It will never satisfy. Jesus Christ is enough. 
We are complete in Him. We sing a song sometimes, complete in Thee, no work of mine may take, dear Lord, the place of Thine. Thy blood hath pardoned, bought for me, and I shall stand complete in Thee. Yea, justified, O blessed thought, and sanctified salvation wrought. Thy blood hath pardoned, bought for me, and I shall stand complete in Thee. I'm so thankful that we are complete in Him. Belief in any other power above God will spoil you, but in Christ we have everything that we need. The third thing we see here of how Christ is better is that the spiritual circumcision through Christ is greater than any physical thing that could be done to us. And you say, whoa, circumcision, what's going on? Well, let's look at the verse. Let's see, it's verse number 11. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Now, think about who he's writing to. There were probably some Jewish believers here. There may have been some other Jews who did not believe. And part of the Jewish system was the process of circumcision. So when a, a male child was born, eight days later, he would be taken to the priest and he would be circumcised as a sign that he was going to follow God. But over and over in the Bible, this circumcision made with hands, Jesus pointed this out. Paul pointed this out. It was even pointed out clear back in the Old Testament that this was just an outward sign of something that ought to be taking place in the heart. They did this when they were small children to set them apart as part of the Jewish people. And if somebody wanted to become a Jew later on, they would also be circumcised. But he's not speaking here about the physical circumcision. He says this is a circumcision that is made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So what he's saying is we've been set apart by Christ. We've been brought into His family, not by something physical that's been done to us, but rather because of a spiritual change that's happened in our hearts. That if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. See, we are complete in Christ and we have been brought together by Christ, not through some physical thing that's been done to us, but rather through a spiritual transformation that has taken place in our hearts because of what Christ has done for us. If you want to see a more complete discussion of this, take some time this afternoon or this week and study Romans chapter 2, beginning in verses 17 and following. You're not saved by works, not by some physical thing that's done to you, but by grace through faith. This is not a work that could be done with human hands, but rather work that could only be done by Christ Jesus. This is a work that Christ has done and will do and will continue to do for those who trust in Him as their Savior. So we've already seen three reasons of why Christ is better. Christ is better than anything that could be done with somebody's hands. Christ is better than any uh, chasing after the ways of this world. We are complete in Him. Christ is better because He is 
fully God. Christ is better. Number four, though, I want you to notice that identification with Christ brings life where there was death. Life where there was death. Look at verse number 12. It says this, Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead. A lot going on in a very short verse. First of all, buried with Him in baptism. So when we're baptized physically, this is a picture, an outward picture, identification of what has already taken place or should have already taken place in our heart. That's why we call it believer's baptism at our church. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you have never been baptized as a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to be baptized. Now you say, well, how are we going to do that with all this social distancing? Well, I've seen some share the idea of maybe a dunking tank and we'll all throw baseballs at you. No, we won't do that. We won't do that. But when we're able to be brought together again, it would be wonderful to be able to baptize you not as some sort of extra spiritual transformation that didn't already take place, but rather as an outward manifestation or an outward picture to everybody else of what you've already done in your heart. Right here in verse number 12, he's speaking about what's gone on in our hearts. Buried with him in baptism, this refers to death. When you're dead, you are buried. And then he says, wherein also ye are risen with Him. So our life is in Christ. It's with Christ. It's because of Christ through the faith of the operation of God. So we're not trusting in our works. We're trusting in God's works, in His operation on us. Our salvation wasn't something we just went out and got. Our salvation rather was a gift that we received that God gave to us. He did the work on our behalf. Today is my son Micah's birthday. Happy birthday to Micah. He's 11 years old. And uh, he came up here today to help me run slides, and you saw him playing his guitar a little bit earlier. Micah got some gifts for his birthday. But Micah didn't go out and work for those gifts. They were given to him. Boy, was he excited as he ripped the paper off, as he opened the bags to see what gifts were in there for him because of the operation of his mother and father and, and family members to give him gifts. That's how he was able to get them. In Christ, we have salvation. We were dead in our sin, but he made us alive. So identification with Christ brings life where there was death. He's raised him from the dead. And because he raised Christ from the dead, we will be raised from the dead as well. It gives us great hope because of what Christ has done for us. Number five, I want you to notice in verses 13 and 14 that Jesus Christ is greater than all your sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've sinned, you've sinned. The whole world has sinned. We've broken God's law. We've transgressed against His commandments. We have done wrong and we have no hope in ourselves. Verse 13 says, and you being dead. This is spiritually dead. Some people look around and say, well, I'm not dead yet. If you don't have Christ, you are spiritually dead. And everyone without Christ is spiritually dead. Being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him. Again, this is life with Christ, not apart from Christ. There is no life apart from Christ. True spiritual eternal life is only with Christ. 
having forgiven you all trespasses. See, he can give you life through Christ and in Christ because he's forgiven you of your sin. You broke God's law. The Bible's very clear. The wages of sin is death. When we break God's law, it brings death and punishment and eternal hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Notice verse 14 in Colossians chapter 2. He says, blotting out the handwriting of, of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. In the old days, they would write on an animal skin. And they would write out in the court of law on that parchment all of the crimes, all the things that had been done by the accused. And they would have to give an answer for every single one of those crimes. And here he speaks about blotting those out. And when they were using parchment, they would actually take some sort of scraper and scrape it off, removing those markings from the parchment so that it would never be seen again. And Christ is greater than anything in this world because Christ is the one that forgives us of sin. He's blotted it out. He's wiped it away. The Bible says He's put it as far as the east is from the west, and He remembers it no more. And it says, and He took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. You see, in these days when they would crucify somebody, they would often take a list of the things that they had done and nail it to the cross as a way for everybody to come around to see, oh, that's what that person did. That's what they're dying for. Of course, we know that Christ didn't have this physically written. This is a picture, right? But in His death on the cross, when He was nailed to the cross, as He bore our sins upon Him, our sins were nailed to the cross. In just a few weeks, we're going to celebrate Easter Sunday. Whether we do it this way or whether we do it together, we can celebrate the fact that Jesus took our sins and He nailed them to the cross. And then three days later, He rose again victorious over sin and over death and over the grave. And He gives eternal life to all who will trust in Him. Jesus Christ is greater than the philosophy and vain deceit and rudiments of this world. He is greater than the traditions of men because Jesus Christ gives eternal life and He is greater than all of our sin. Number six, Jesus Christ is greater than any power or any being because He is God. Look at verse number 15. He says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, He's made them useless. He, he's gone far and above them. Any power that seeks to have a claim on any sort of authority over anything, Christ will be victorious. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. There are powers. There are principalities. There is spiritual wickedness. And if you don't sense spiritual warfare at work, you're probably not paying very close attention to what's going on around you. There is spiritual warfare. But Christ will spoil every principality and every power. He made a show of them openly. Think about hell and Satan and all those demons. As Christ was nailed to the cross, as He died, as God turned His back on Jesus Christ. I don't know what He thought, but perhaps for a moment, because He doesn't know everything, He may have thought, we've won, we've been victorious, we defeated God. 
And yet imagine what it must have been like three days later when that stone rolled away from the grave and Christ came out alive. Jesus Christ is great because He has power over every being and any other power on this earth. If you doubt the power of God, you only have to look at the resurrection. Jesus Christ is greater than any law or any religion, because Jesus Christ alone rose again. He is triumphant. And finally this morning, I want you to see this. Really summing up some different ideas from this passage that we've looked at this morning, that Jesus Christ is sufficient. He is greater because Jesus Christ is sovereign. He's sovereign. He's sovereign over the powers of this world. He's sovereign over the circumstances of the day that we live in. He's sovereign over every single thing that takes place. You see, I don't want to be spoiled by the teachings and thinkings and untruths and the deceits and the traditions of this world because Christ is better. Christ is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our service. He's worthy of our lives. Will you give your life to Him today? Will you trust in Him? We talked about it in Spanish at the beginning of the service. This is in English now. Would you trust in Christ? He hears in English and Spanish and every other language that there's ever been. Call out to Him today. Confess your sin and trust in Christ because He's better than anything else. Because He is worthy and he's the reason that we can walk worthy and if you have trusted in Christ as your Savior and you're discouraged you're looking around at all the things going on you say what are we gonna do how am I gonna pay my bills what am I gonna do if one of my children gets sick what am I gonna do if I get sick what am I gonna do with my job and how are we going to live? I don't know every little detail of how all this is going to play out. Only God knows that. But I do know that Christ is sufficient. And if this life becomes very, very difficult, if this life even comes to an end, I know that I have eternal life in Christ. And we can be encouraged as we remember why Christ is greater than the ways of this world. Don't take your eyes off of Him. Don't get caught up in all the struggles of this world to the point that you take your eyes off of the Lord. Follow Christ. Look to Him. He is the greatest. Father, we thank You for Your Word and we thank You for its truth. And I pray that You take these thoughts, work them in our hearts, Lord, if there's somebody here today that's never trusted in you, I pray that they'd be saved today. Before it's too late, no man knows the day or the hour when you will return. You could come back today. None of us knows when we might die ourselves and face you. Lord, I pray that we'd be ready, trusting in you as Savior, first of all, and then living for you each day. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Let us be encouraged. 
Lord, let us be faithful witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ around this world. May we be Christians who are constantly sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us today for our service. And I do want to ask you if you're able to give. We know we can only give as God has blessed us. And if you don't have it to give, you don't have it to give. But I would encourage you to give if you're able. We do have ways set up to be able to give online. And uh, you can go to our website. This is the full link out there for the giving site. But if you just go to arisebaptist.org, and uh, go to the top of there. There's a place under one of the tabs says Engage, I believe it is. And uh, you can give online there. Um, if you do it through a bank transfer, the cost is less than a stamp, 25 cents. If you want, several have mailed in their gifts this week, and thank you for that. And that's a blessing to be able to continue doing what we're doing here, continue to support our missionaries around the world, to be able to continue to help those in need. Even this week, I know yesterday, some food and items were taken to some families in need and some other things were done to try to be a blessing to folks that need it. We have several who are hurting right now and, and will probably have more. And so if you're able, we'd ask that you give and uh, do your best for the Lord and we'll do our best to use it for the Lord to be a blessing to others. If you have any issues about this, you can call the office or uh, email Lisa, her email address is on here, and you can follow up with her.